Well, it is quite a moment now because Nancy Pelosi has summoned the House to go back and sort of block legislation that uh, the mail-in portion of the you know U.S. Postal Service, um, the funding could be cut specifically on this issue. And yesterday on Alex Garrett Podcasting, I re-aired an interview about other challenges the United States Postal Service had with Ross Marchand of Young Voices, senior contributor. And well, wouldn't you know it, Ross is back with me today to discuss this issue. So, all right, I'm not completely clear on what the heck's going on, Ross. So tell me what's going on with the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> and, and maybe even your thoughts know. on mailing as well. But let's start with the Postal Service. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, judging by my Twitter feed, judging by my uh, my Facebook posts, it doesn't seem like anyone quite knows what exactly is going on. But it seems like early indications indicate that there are some reform measures finally being implemented. And look, I mean, people get scared when they see these viral images of, of mail collection boxes being removed and whatnot. But these are very important reforms for efficiency and, most importantly, getting election mail, vote-by-mail efforts right and making sure that there's sufficient manpower to carry those operations out. Those things are very important. It seems like the USPS is taking significant, even if unpopular, steps uh, to see those measures through. Is it unprecedented that the U.S. Postmaster General is now going to be called to the House? I feel like that's almost never happened. Um, it is. I mean, at the very least, it's a very, very rare occurrence. I mean, the Postmaster General really has to attract a lot of controversy um, in order to um, get the uh, incur the wrath of lawmakers. And this is absolutely a time where this is happening, right? And we have Pelosi, who is absolutely 100% not happy at how DeJoy is handling things, and she basically wants his head. Um, now, look, I mean, that makes her some really good politics as far as she's concerned, but I think as long as DeJoy clearly and soberly and accurately describes the problems facing the Postal Service and all the financial challenges and all the logistical challenges, um, he could really make a case to lawmakers and the American people that he is doing the right thing. So what's your personal take on this? See, I, I'm trying to figure out mail-in versus absentee. I don't know what the difference is, and I get it. Things can be changed. And to be honest, we've also seen cases where postal workers hoard uh, you know, packages. That's just happened before. And I'm worried that could happen here, too, to be honest with you. Um, so what, what are your concerns with all of this mail-in, and, and, and is the president right here? I mean, look, I'm not concerned with the ability of the Postal Service to carry out the election and have a significant vote-by-mail effort. USPS definitely, absolutely, 100% has that capability, and they've shown themselves capable of moving that mail volume before. I'm honestly, I mean, I'm mainly concerned with two things. One, all this misinformation floating around is just going to short-circuit the debate. Um, and lead Congress to do rash things like overfund the Postal Service, which are totally counterproductive and unwarranted. Um, and I'm also concerned really just over the long term of the financial health of the Postal Service, that it will not get the reforms that it needs um, if the Postal Service is concerned about all this backlash and stops implementing these reforms. Well, and I got to go back to what we talked about in our last conversation. You said there were still millions that do snail mail. So, how important is this debate right now, and and is this one of the reasons why you started covering the postal service? Because you've been on this beating, you know, this beat for a while now. It is absolutely a part of it. I mean, look, 
the Postal Service is one of those rare agencies that pretty much touches every, I mean, all these households, hundreds of millions of households across the country. You can't really make that case with, let's say, the Department of Defense. I mean, you know, obviously they play an important role, for example, um, but households don't have regular interactions uh, with the Pentagon. You could say that about the Department of Transportation as well. Uh, the Postal Service just impacts and touches Americans on a direct basis in a way that other agencies do not. And that's why I think these issues are so, so important. And we're seeing that now with election mail. So does he want to cut the funding entirely or just a certain portion? Because there are so many things going out there. He wants to totally cut it. He only wants to cut the mail-in, you know, that portion that could fund the mail-in. Well, what does he want to cut? I don't think he wants to cut anything, judging by his statements. It seems to me that he just doesn't want to provide additional funding. And therein lies the big difference. I mean, look, you have congressional Democrats mainly, and some Republicans too, who want to um, provide additional taxpayer money to the Postal Service to the tune of $25 billion, right? And that's just a low-end estimate. I mean, uh, some calls have been as high as, as $84 billion. Um, and when you're faced with a situation like that, and when you're faced with actual USPS financials saying that this additional funding is unnecessary, and they will have... Uh, liquid um, cash balances that could last them until August of next year. I mean, you have to wonder, what is the motivation behind this additional funding? The Postal Service is saying that they don't need it. So is this actually needed, or is this just making for a really good political opportunity uh, by the people who are pushing for this increased taxpayer funding? We're talking with Ross Marsh, and he is the uh, senior contributor at uh, Young Voices. And, you know, we've seen this battle even with the stimulus I guess the Democrats wanted to put in a whole bunch of other stuff that were not COVID-related. And so um, it just seems like this is a continuation of that. Now it's hitting the post office. Yes, and you always see this pattern, right, where if you don't massively ramp up funding, then there must be something wrong and there must be some sort of deficiency with the operation of the agency or whatever you're trying to fund. And look, maybe in some cases that's true. All I could say as a postal policy guy is I've looked at the numbers and it just doesn't support this idea of a massive bailout. And USPS seemed amply able to carry out its election mail responsibility, even if that is outsized relative to recent election cycles. Um, so if you look at the financials, I think they paint a very clear picture and it's not the one that um, backers of increased funding are trying to paint. Can I ask you a question? Because here, and maybe you'd agree or disagree, I don't even want to mention this, but I feel like they can go to this energy of protecting the police and instead of saying defund the police and fund the post office, I feel like, um, okay, but if, we, if you care about funding this, then why not actually help police departments thrive too? I feel like all this energy is being wasted, to be honest, and instead we're having a defund the police debate instead of... Uh, and a fund the USPS debate. I just find it very wild, the two things going on here. Uh, that's interesting. I think that there are very sorts of um, different issues, and they're both very complicated in their own right. Um, but it's interesting to me, right, that we've come across a period of time, and look, 2020 is crazy in many sorts of ways, um, but we've come to a moment in time where we're fundamentally reassessing our role <clears throat> with some of these agencies. And, you know, police departments obviously being more local branches of government than something federal or national, like the Postal Service. But, you know, regardless of the level of government, we're looking at our relationship and our funding relationship with some of these agencies and government entities, and we're saying, hmm, 
is this serving us well? And, and what reforms can we make to make sure that these services continue to benefit all Americans? Well, could you give us an update also on the SAM tax that we had talked about last year and, um, and how that's been helping? Because I know you were touting that as a win. And again, it's one of those things that not many people covered. Uh, but now that Trump's involved with the USPS, everybody's covering this, but they weren't covering uh, it last year. So, But you were. So tell us about that success from last year and the update on that. Well, the real update here in terms of uh, not necessarily stamps postage uh, price increases is a recent decision by Postmaster General DeJoy uh, to increase commercial package rates. And I'll probably have an analysis up um, on our website soon about that, going into detail about the numbers and who's going to be impacted. A long story short, this is really beneficial because for the longest time, packages have not covered costs and the USPS has not been transparent about it. And when you have a situation where things like package pricing is not reflecting the cost of delivery needed to get that to customers, then you're setting the stage for a costly taxpayer bailout, and that's exactly what we're trying to avert. Uh, so I would say, um, you know, I'll withhold full judgment so I look at the numbers, but preliminarily speaking, this seems like a really good idea in the reform direction. Ross A. Martian, that's who he is on Twitter, and Young Voices also on Twitter there. Uh, Ross, how did you get into this whole thing? Because it's very rare to find someone so in tune with the postal uh, service. I'll be honest. I mean, my boss was talking about this issue, and he was really passionate about the issue, and it was contagious. And he started talking about why this matters and all the things that the postal service was doing uh, that was really just bleeding cash and setting the stage for a taxpayer bailout. And I thought, this is outrageous. And the Postal Service, like I said earlier, impacts everyone. So I started to, um, to, get the, uh, to get the bug and to get really into this postal policy issue. And here I am now, two or three years later, uh, fighting the good fight for postal reform. Did you ever think it would lead to the election being involved with the USPS? I never thought we'd see uh, seven to ten business days actually mean maybe your ballot will get there in seven to ten. But, you know, I just never thought the USPS would have a role in this election. A process. I never thought we would be having this type of conversation. No, absolutely not. And especially the volume, I never thought we would be having a conversation like this. Now, maybe as, as I was trying to figure out earlier, is mail-in versus absentee, what is the difference? Would you be able to talk on that, or is that not your expertise with this, I guess? I'm not um, – it's not entirely my speciality. I'm more into um, the financial aspects, but my impression – Right, based on um, all the information that I've read in the past couple of weeks, is there really just doesn't seem to be much of a difference. And you should be focused on the big picture of election mail, right? And making sure that that is getting to voters and getting back to be tallied on time. Uh, I think that is the most important thing. Uh, but what, you know, when you're looking at the past and you're looking at absentee ballots, I mean, the data supports this idea. Um, that the Postal Service is more than capable of handling it. There are low fraud rates and all that good stuff. I mean, so, you know, looking at previous absentee ballot data could provide a very valuable picture on if the Postal Service is up to the task of administering this election. Were you surprised that last Friday when they said, yeah, this could be delayed in multiple states? I mean, that was such a weird thing from the United States Postal Service. I never heard something like that before. Well, what they were essentially saying is they were telling states, look, you have 
the slower mail that's cheaper and you have the faster mail that's more expensive, just like any other product that needs to cover costs. And if you're doing the slower mail, I mean, that's fine. That's, and it's called marketing mail, by the way. And that's typically how things are done. It's just that you need to be cognizant of some of the deadlines uh, for yourselves as officials and for voters. And that's really important. I mean, um, that was my impression right, of what the Postal Service was talking to states about. They're saying, look, you just need to be wary of the dates. <clears throat> and if you want to go the traditional route of marketing mail, that is all well and good. Just be mindful of the processing times. But in fact, the processing times for marketing mail have gone up since the new Postmaster General assumed office in June. So it's, it's just something to keep in mind and something you're not likely to hear in the media. Interesting. So the price have actually gone up. What was his reasoning for raising the, the speed is the speed has gone up and what was the reasoning do you the speed know has gone, the speed the speed has gone up but there's no evidence that election mail uh price increases are on the way or anything like that got oh gotcha ross i had heard from uh actually my family that this was an independent branch now the u.s postal service like it's is it privatized and so how does the president and even the house have a say in what goes on with it no, oh, it's absolutely not privatized. It's an, okay. <clears throat> it's a federal agency of the government, um, and as such, I mean, there are plenty of stakeholders. Obviously, postal uh, customers themselves are stakeholders, and taxpayers are stakeholders, and also our lawmakers, postal board of governors, postal regulatory commission. So you do have a lot of hands on deck in monitoring this enterprise, and we'll start to see that um, as we count down closer to the election. Well, Ross, I will, and I want you back before this. Actually, even if you want to come back in the next few days, because you can sum up what you heard. Because I'm sure you're going to be following these hearings pretty, pretty closely. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, stay tuned, and I'll be absolutely tuned in and updating some of the things I have to say. And, and where can we find you on Young Voices? Uh, do you contribute a lot on there? Right, so you, you write a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go on Young Hyphen Voices. Um, .org. I think it's a .org. Uh, well, <laughs> I always get, uh, I always get caught up. Uh, .org. Um, but if you just Google Young Voices and probably the first result will come up, you can see all sorts of op-eds and radio commentary and all that good stuff. Well, I got to ask you one last thing because since this whole thing happened, all I've been seeing is USPS trucks. I've been seeing uh, postal workers with their mailbags. I'm like... What, now that it's in the news, it's in front of me more? Like, I don't know, I've just been noticing it more. I don't know if you felt the same. Like, wow, I didn't notice how many trucks were on the road until this whole thing happened. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think you were the fifth person who said something to that effect, right, in the past, uh, in the past two or three days. Yeah, everyone is noticing this more as an issue, right, an agency that's previously been in the backdrop of American life is suddenly being elevated front and center. So I guess my last question would be, where should we be supportive? What side should we be supportive in this fight? And more so, what can Americans do to make sure that this is run properly and not handled by the government on either side? Well, I think that people need to uh, pay close attention to this issue and make sure that you know, you're not going prey to tribalism. That's really important. It's not about pro-Trump or pro-Biden or anti-Trump or anti-Biden. It's are we supporting reforms that puts the agency on a firmer fiscal footing 
and make sure that they are there to deliver for the next generation of Americans, right? And look at all the evidence, right, in, I don't want to say a dispassionate way, but really just pay attention to the numbers, right, and, and the cold, hard facts, and see where reform is headed, and, you know, don't be afraid to disagree with the orthodoxy, whether you're, you know, Team Trump, Team Biden, or anything in between. Well, oh, there he is. He's back. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is more of a, we also want to make sure that the USPS is not taking all our taxpayer dollars and being run fairly at the same time. So it's sort of a a, a balance act we got to do. So, uh, Ross, thanks for rejoining us and updating us on this. And please do come back as this thing continues to unfold. Thanks and stay tuned. You know it. I'm Alex Garrett. This has been a very... An unusually short conversation, but it gets the point on Alex or podcasting. We'll talk to you soon.